to Inner Bloom, a podcast about how to live a happier, healthier, more harmonious life as you learn how to work with the universe, reconnect with your intuition, and bloom from within. I'm Alexa, a writer, producer, and EFT practitioner with a passion for all things metaphysical. And with me is my friend and co-host, Ambie. I'm Ambie, a physical therapy assistant, mom of three, an intuitive medium who has been communicating with the spirit world since the age of five. Some might call it woo-woo, but from our perspective, anything is possible, and we intend to normalize the abnormal by sharing our own life experiences as well as intuitive insights, channeled material, wisdom from special guests, and any other resources we believe will help our souls expand and thrive. Hello, all you bloomers. Welcome back to another episode. I am Alexa, and with me is my beautiful co-host, Ambrosia Matthews. Hello, Alexa Hauser. Hello. I'm loving your hair today. Oh, thank you. This is the – like, I want to be fun and playful today for the interview. Yeah. So, you know – Yes, perfect segue. Speaking of which, we do we are joined today by a very special guest, uh, Alexa Martinez, love, sex, and relationship coach. How are you, Alexa? Yay! I'm so excited. We're so excited to have you. This is we actually we had your amazing partner on the show. I don't know how long ago, like a month ago, Jordan Maurice Bowditch. Did I say his last name right? He did. Bowditch. Yeah. And he, oh my gosh, our, our audience went goo-goo for him. They they loved him and all his was, information. And some of the comments were really funny. Yeah. It was a good time. But yeah. um, you know, he definitely mentioned you throughout that interview. And, you know, I've heard of you even before that. And when we heard about you and, and the work you do, we were like, this is perfect for our audience. So we are so excited to have you on here. Um, and, you know, um, as we do with most guests who come on our show, we would love to, before diving into what they're doing now, really hear about, you know, how they, how they got into this. So, um, we'd love to know about (laughs) really the moment that you knew that this is the type of work you were going to do in your life. Mm, Absolutely. And I, I can only imagine what your listeners thought of Jordan and his, (laughs) glowing California tan and his tall you photoshopped all the time and he just one of the comments that was someone was like who the hell is this what is happening and I like couldn't stop laughing at that comment it was so funny who is this and what the hell is happening right now I know I really I really love what he represents because to me being the conscious bro you know that's his yes. Instagram hand yeah so cute is proof that guys like that exist and are mm. doing work and are and are doing what they can in order to spread whatever spread. I followed yeah. that with a lot of things in my head. Spread the legs, yeah. <laughs> spread the word, spread the conscious word. You know that kind yeah. of. Thing. So um, <clears throat> Jordan and I have a really awesome story um, that definitely intertwines in how I do what I do and why I do what I do. But uh, the moment that I I knew this is what I wanted to do. Um, I spent six years, about six years, um, as an art director on cruise ships. So I've traveled a lot of places. I've been to 79 countries and, um, and counting and wow. It's colorful. Yeah. So spending that time on ships, traveling the world, my Southern Louisiana understanding of life 
and sex and who I am was very challenged. Um, and say like recovering Catholic vibes here with the dogma. I've like totally reclaimed what religion and faith and spirituality means to me and sex as well. And so living on ships, when I transitioned off of working on ships, um, I had like many aha moments. I just found personal development. I lost a bunch of weight. I was into mindset, spiritual development, um, becoming a better manager. I was really into studying body language and sales and all these different things and just wanting to be a really good person. And, and like, I, that was a really big focus for me right around the time when I left ships. It also happened to be a time when my Saturn started returning. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know about Saturn return. I'm on my way out. Of that. <laughs> a year of you 32. Made it. <laughs> and I thrived. So it could have gone many other ways. So anyway, it was at this time, lots of personal development stuff was going on. And I was realizing that. Uh, a lot of the personal development stuff that I was doing was not translating into how I navigated sex and how I navigated relationships and be like, Oh my God, I know how to stand for what I want. I know my boundaries and I'm taking up space and I'm claiming this power and I'm doing the damn thing. But as soon as I would get into like sexual situations, I'd be like a scared little thing, you know, Mm. because I'd already gone through this phase in my life where I thought being a liberated, a sexually liberated woman meant I just got to fuck however I wanted. Can I say fuck? Yeah. You're good. Away. Okay, cool. I'm like, I thought it meant that I got to fuck who I wanted and how I wanted and all these things. And I confused like sexual liberation with, dare I say, desperation of like mm. wanting to like be able to do all the things and be all the things. And so by the time I hit um, the stride with a lot of personal development, I realized that was not serving me. It didn't feel in alignment. It didn't feel good. And so it was like, how do I, how do I then navigate this space? And how do I then like call in a partner that even if it's only for one night, values me, respects me, treats my body with reverence, all of those things. And I just like didn't know what to do. And um, eventually I started navigating uh, just various concepts. I went down a route of like get the knowledge. And then I, I started to realize that that translated into my confidence in the space. And then that led to me feeling powerful enough to navigate it. So mm-hmm. I started, I gave myself permission, I'd say right around that time when I was transitioning, my maybe my last year, to start studying various alternative relationship styles. Mm-hmm. So I started to challenge the notion of what is love and how people love and what feels right and true for me. Um, and that started with dating someone who questioned everything that had to do with monogamy. And I was like, what? There's <laughs> a way to do this? No way. And maybe that's a better fit or maybe it's a clusterfuck. We'll see. And so like pretty kind of navigating that. And then I met um, a gentleman who, and I very much like call him a gentleman, is quite a bit older than me and introduced me to BDSM um, and power dynamics. And so for those of you who are not familiar with BDSM, it's a general power dynamics that could be at play. This is relevant in a sexual context and also outside of a sexual context, but bondage, discipline, dominance, sadism, submission, masochism, four letters, six meanings. The S and the M are starting to be phased out a bit. The D and the S um, really stand out. You'll see it abbreviated a lot of times as a capital D forward slash and then a little S. And that's very much like someone's leading and someone is submitting Mm. and submitting. And I I put out there, even though I'm not in coach mode or sex educator mode, um, it is the power position. The person who is submitting is actually leading everything, but the person who is making the decisions is basing all of the decisions in a scene or um, in that particular kind of role is basing that all off of what 
the submissive is cueing. So that's a whole nother, it's a whole rabbit hole that we can go down. But anyway, I got introduced to this gentleman. We had a really incredible relationship. I was shown things about my body and pleasure that I never thought, like, I just didn't know that my body could do. I did it. And, and I remember having these experiences going, how the fuck did I not know that I was into that? It's like, how, what happened? Like, who did I become? I just went into like this alternative identity and this alternative universe based off of my ability to surrender and to, to the, the things that I am that I didn't know that I am also. That was a little meta. But um, from there, I gave myself permission to study. It was my degree. I went to University of Southern Mississippi, like super Southern. And uh, my degree is in science. And so I was, I got my degree in science and I became an art dealer. Needless to say, I didn't know what I was meant to do. Like I didn't know what I was trying to do um, with life. And then started all of these discoveries along the way um, in my travels. And I got really curious about the science and the psychology behind all of this. <laughs> Once I left um, the last ship that I was on, um, I went to an event called A-Fest. I don't know if y'all are familiar with Mind Valley. Oh, Mind Valley, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mind Valley. So A Fest is their like big conference party. It's like Burning Man and TED Talks blended together. Oh, cool. it's really super cool. While I was there, um, I found myself in many conversations. I was an art dealer on cruise ships, but I was there talking about sex all the time. And I met a lot of coach friends. I had no connections in the coaching world. Didn't even know that this was a thing that I could do. And um, in many conversations, I had people affirm me and say like why are you an art dealer? Because you are amazing at this. I'm like, I don't really know what that means, but thank you. I just like to talk about it. And it didn't take long. I started, uh, I started writing is how I started it. Started writing. And then people started responding to what I was writing, whether it was on my original blog, which is called the violet butterfly or on Facebook posts or different things. I completely shocked the hell out of my family. What is Alexa doing? She's sharing all of her stories. She's she's gonna air all the dirty laundry of the family. Mm, yeah. She's coming out. What's going on? She's talking about sex with a married man. She's talking about sex with a woman. She's talking about squirting orgasms. Like what? I mean, I don't think my mom mm-hmm. actually thought that language in her head, but I, you know, she was just kind of like, what what is happening here? Um, and slowly but surely, a community formed out of the people who were responding to what the things that I was writing. And from there, within it took it took a little while before I started saying yes to people. It didn't matter if I had credentials. It didn't matter if I if I shared with them what I'd studied or anything. People wanted assistance, and they felt like I was in a position to give it to them. And so it was kind of like I want to pay you to help me in this. And like I don't know, it was a whole imposter syndrome. I don't know. If I know enough. I mean, like, I don't know every single piece of the anatomy, so I'm not sure if this is a good fit. And then eventually, I surrendered, and um, and so now, and now we fast forward to today. I met Jordan. We moved to Austin, and we live a very I'll use the word colorful again, colorful life. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I love that. Uh, Alicia, our, one of our listeners, Alicia Turner says way Southern, I guess about, uh, Mississippi. Is that where you said you went? Yeah. I'm from just outside new Orleans. Okay. Um, Louisiana. And I thought I was like, so edgy going out of state for college. Yeah. (laughs) An hour and a half away. Yeah. (laughs) Really pushing it. Um, Well, that was edgy for you at the time. Yeah. So compared to now. (laughs) Yeah. A little Uh, different compared to now, but yeah. Yeah, but she also said, oh, they trusted you, those people, the people that were coming to you really trusted you. Yeah. 
Well said. Thank you for that story. That is yeah. that is very colorful. I'm sure there's many other chapters that um, – did you say you're you, – do you still write? I do. I don't do it as much as I used to. Um, but when I first got started, that was my thing. Like I didn't really resonate with the word coach. I think it was just because I hadn't really claimed it. I really hadn't really felt like yeah. that was what I wanted to do. And I had some interesting interactions with co- with coaches in this online world that I was not, uh, that didn't feel good to me. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, that's the coaches. And I don't want to be that. Yeah. I don't want to do that. So I'm a writer, yeah. you know, I'm a podcast host. I'm a, all these other things. Yeah. And then like, also I mentor or like right. I'm an educator. <laughs> now I'm like, no, I'm a full on fucking coach. I'm like, we're, we're gearing you up for the best sex of your life and your future. I'm cheering you on. I'm legit coaching. So now I'm, I'm happy with that. But at the time I was like, I'm just going to write, I'm going to be a writer. I'm going to sell my stuff. I'm going to write for these people. And yeah. I wrote for a good new project for a little while. I had one of my pieces published in um, a quarterly publication in, I don't know, Chicago. So like, those were like the the beginnings where I was like, I think I'm going to latch onto that because that's more tangible. And my family can probably get on board with that more than this airy fairy. And what is, what is her, what is her in air quotes at that time, business actually built on right now jokes on them. (laughs) (laughs) Now, now, Now the conversations are just different. Yeah. So what is the number one sought after, I guess, um, I don't want to say issue, but I don't have another word that people come to you for. Challenge, maybe. maybe challenge, challenge is a better like, word. Thank you. Something yeah, they're working, Something they're working on. <laughs> on a very base level, they are bored. Yeah. yeah. But they'll mask that in, I just don't have a desire anymore after kids or we've been mm-hmm. together so long. How do we get the spark back? It's like a bunch of different things that mean I'm bored mm-hmm. because excitement will always get the juices flowing. And if you have the same kind of sex, even if the set and setting is different, but the sex is the same, then what's actually happening is your neurochemicals, which at the beginning of the relationship were spiked because it was a new person. Everything was new. Now we're a little bit less. There's not so much adrenaline. There's not so much of a spike in the dopamine and the serotonin. You know, the oxytocin might be there after, but it's just a little bit more short lived. So it's, like we are a complex chemistry set that's actually not that complex. And if we understand what is going on, you can totally hack the system and mm-hmm. keep the juices flowing for a whole lot longer. And then also it challenges the notion of what does sex mean to you? And if you can make it mean more than just that one little thing, the box that you have it in, then it gets to be an access point to so much more in your life. Yeah. So what are some, what are some, I guess, tangible tasks that you would give someone to, um, fulfill that desire or change things up. So they're not bored. Yeah. So first I've asked the, those really important questions, right? So some, some self-reflection. Yeah. What do I actually want? What do I desire? And if there's tension in the relationship, then if, if someone is coming to me and they're like, we just don't have sex, it's been a really long time then there's deeper stuff. The sex is often a symptom. So like mm-hmm. what conversation do you need to have in order to feel safe with that person so that you can open up and really want to give sexual intimacy a bit more freely or have more access to it? <clears throat> so we're going to start with questions like that. And then just an overarching, what do you want? Which can be a really daunting question for some people. It's like, I don't know what I want. What's available. Oh shit. There's so much available. Right. How do I know what I'm into? 
So I have this chart that I give. Um, I just give it out to who and to anyone who will listen, really, <laughs> um, and who will do it. It's called the want, will, won't list. And it's over 300 different questions that are asking you on various parts of your body. Do you want something? Will you do that thing? Or do you absolutely not want it as Mm. the giver, then flip it around. And then as the receiver. So I think that there's like a lot of questions that someone like just can ask themselves, you know, Jordan and I, I've been doing this for a long time. I've been giving away my want, will, won't chart for free for a while. And then I think Jordan and I had been together maybe six months and it was finally like, Jordan, we need to do this together. Like I'm about walking my talk. So yeah, come come hither. Uh, For about four hours, we cracked open so much of our relationship by doing these charts individually than having a collective conversation about it. Mm -hmm. Um, And to give you an example, Jordan and I would be in a, and maybe a sexual encounter and we just, you know, gotten together and I'm, I'm very good at a little to the left and this is what I like and, and communicating, but there is like, I still have my threshold of like where I'm comfortable and I am very considerate and conscientious of ways that I could be emasculating and I, and, and I don't want to be overly masculine and, and what I'm directing or how right. I'm, I don't want to lead. I desire a person I deeply desire to surrender to my partner. That is, I feel the best in those instances. People are all different and want different things. Occasionally I like to lead, but I like to lead from a place of worship versus mm-hmm. I am directing the whole show because I do right. that in my life and I just want to chill the fuck out when it comes to sex. Um, but at the beginning, it was a little different. And he'd like kiss me and touch me and all these different things. And have you ever been with men where they like clearly like something they do a thing and then you're like, Oh, that's your move. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, I like the way you said that. That was funny. Yeah. yeah. So like Jordan's got a few moves yeah. that like I picked up. I'm like, Oh, that's a move. You have success with that thing. Yeah. Um, and so he had a few of those and then he would do something where he'd like kiss on my neck, which yes, erogenous zone, very sensational. Of course, you know, any kind of pressure or attention that's given to the throat often spikes adrenaline because like, that's where your life can be taken. So it's like, kind of. Um, and so he'd like kind of kiss up my neck sensation. And the moment he would put his mouth, his lips, his tongue on my ears, I started to notice like paying attention in my body. Like I would go out of my body sensation and immediately like want to pull my ear away. Like I didn't like it. Hmm. And eventually I'd say, you know, I don't really like the ear thing. And then he go, okay. And then just kind of like go to do it again. And like, I don't really like that ear thing. Okay. And so it was just like a thing. We did the want, will, won't list. And I'm like, there's questions about ears. And I'm like, I will. My partner really wants that. Like I will. And then like eventually I could feel the pressure building and building as it kept asking me different questions about different things that I might want to do to my ears. And then by like midway through, I was like, you know what? This is a no. And I went back and I circled no on everything. And I was like, wow, I didn't realize that I felt that strongly about that. And only in that conversation did Jordan realize don't touch my ears ever again. (laughs) Yeah. Ever, ever again. Don't even look at him too yeah. hard. Yeah. If you want me to stay in a position of receptivity, of pleasure, and out of my head and into my body, y'all can hear I'm definitely in the middle of Austin, like in the city. It's yeah. okay. No worries. You're good. Like, so, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Fine. So that's like an example. The what will won't is an amazing example. And I've got it as a free resource available on Instagram all the time. Awesome. awesome. Thank so people you. can access that who are listening. Perfect. And we'll direct them to your Instagram and all your all your places. Um, but can we talk about that a little bit? Like about, you know, I I, I think um I don't want to speak for all women, but I, I am gonna generalize here for a minute, is like there's resistance to like shutting off pieces of our like um, boundaries. It it all comes back to boundaries, right? There's resistance, I think, to being like, well, don't do that. I don't like, like, for example, saying like, don't touch that, right? It almost, that brings up for me kind of like, well, does, am I being too picky? Am I not being open enough? Is that like shutting down the amount of intimacy or pleasure we can have? You know, like, how would you speak to that? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I wasn't super like, don't fucking touch my ears. You know, it was more like, you know what, babe, when that happens, I realize I go completely in my head and I'm out of my, you know, I'm out of my sensory experience and I desire to be in that position. And I, you know, I know that that's where he wants me to. Mm -hmm. So if sharing that means we get to actually bond and deepen our intimacy, because it's like, I don't need to have an excuse and I don't need you to understand in order for me to, to tell you what I'm feeling inside of my body. Mm-hmm. And also there's a difference between like, this is a boundary and I just, yeah, I don't like that. So why, why do it? Right. And I like it. Yeah. If you want yeah. me to keep liking you, let's just not do that thing. Now, if there's like a boundary of like, you know, there's some kind of trauma and dare I say all people on the planet have endured some kind of trauma, just coming out of your mother was a traumatic experience. So it's, you know, then, and then for some people, it's just a never ending thing, you know, from there. And for some people, they have like very specific things that they, you know, have, they would consider more of a traumatic event or an experience. And the thing is that sometimes those things are challenges is the ultimate place of vulnerability. You're naked, you're with another Mm -hmm. person, you're completely being seen. Everything's, you know, being laid on the table. It's really difficult to hide. And so, um, being in that vulnerable state, sometimes, you know, those, traumas or triggers or different things, which that's another rabbit hole to go down, down as well as like, what are those things? And when, when are, when are you being just like prissy pants? And when is it like an actual thing? And, um, and so like, let's say an example, like someone was in a relationship where they were yanked around maybe by their neck and they want no touch there. Mm -hmm. No one, any touch there. So then like, that's another conversation that gets to be had outside of a sexual experience away from sex. It's like random over coffee on a Tuesday, not in the evening on Valentine's. Do you have that conversation? Right. right? You, do, you do these things separately and, and describe that. Now, if you want to push the boundary and say, I had this experience, I have noticed this, these sensations happening in my body. When I now have touch in that area, you decide, am I open to exploring that or not pushing that edge or not? If the answer is yes, I'm ready to reclaim that. I full invitation to really use the word reclaim and permission. Like mm-hmm. those two things, like I, I, I'm in this because I'm reclaiming this experience, or I'm in this because I give myself permission. Nobody else needs to. So the let's say an example, it's something around the throat. It's I'm I'm open to exploring that with you in a very particular kind of environment. And then that's a conversation as well. What set and setting do you need in order to start? going up against the edge. Don't completely throw yourself over the edge, but come up against that delicious edge because on the other side of that is 
true liberation and freedom when you get to reclaim it in a way that you have orchestrated and you can track the sensations in your body and not be in fight or flight and come up to that and face that and then tilt go over to the edge. A lot of times for a lot of people, it's very erotic and very freeing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Beautiful. Um, Can we also talk about, this is switching topics slightly. So um, in the beginning, we were talking about, you know, what do people typically come to you for, right? And you said they're bored. They feel like they're not even, they're not, they don't even feel sexual, right, anymore. Or maybe they just, you know, feel bored in this particular situation. So I feel like women, you know, in particular, it's like they, we get really in, we, especially driven women, like entrepreneurs and, you know, women who are really passionate about, like, business and things in their life, it's very easy to kind of get really into this masculine energy and Mm -hmm. let that start to take over and just be like, like that's almost what gets you off. You know what I mean? That starts to like replace that feminine, um, that exploratory like void and that creative, playful energy. And it starts to, and I can speak for myself, like I start to get so hooked on this masculine energy of like getting things done and, you know, that becomes very difficult sometimes to pull back and bring in that feminine and 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 slow down and and that can really take a toll you know on on like my sexual drive and I remember I used to have a very high sexual drive I mean very um so what would you know can you speak to that a little bit as well I think it's a very common thing um that women are struggling with in particular also with moms too like shit we have to I have three kids we have to be in charge of like everything all the time all the damn time yeah like why do I have to be in charge with sex can I not be in charge with sex please like because but the funny thing is and actually we were just having this conversation so I'm gonna just say it so I'll say to my husband, like, I don't want to be in charge. And then he'll start to be in charge. And I'm like, whoa, I need to be in charge here. So it's, it's this dynamic of telling him I want this thing. And then when he tries to do it, I'm like, "Mm, no, 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 Mm -hmm. don't do that. So Mm -hmm. sorry, I get excited. We just just threw like five different things at you. Yeah. (laughs) This is another part of the conversation as well, right? It's, uh, uh, I oftentimes have this conversation with the other, you know, it's kind of like it, it it's exactly has it, as it flowed now is yeah. how it oftentimes Emerges. flows in general conversation as well. I mean, think about women of today or like women who are, you know, <clears throat> let's say on the cusp of millennial, which is where I am just over the edge of millennial. Like think about the women that raised us and then the women that raised those women and what they went through in order to, afford us this opportunity to be able to do it all. Mm-hmm. And now we are, we are now sifting through what is the after of being able and afforded to do it all right. To be able to be the single mom or to be able to crush motherhood, which is a very, like, I got to keep things alive and I got to keep a schedule. So mothering in a lot of ways is it requires a very present masculine type energy. And when I use masculine feminine it, it's totally not male, female, right? Right. But like, it requires that very, like, got to be present, got to be listening, got to be attentive, got to hold space. They're crying, they're doing hold, 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 hold. It's a very kind of like, I need to be in absolute present moment with this. And so like the ability to be into like 
receptivity of the divine, if I dare I say like way out there kind of language, like receptivity and flow and spontaneity and all of that. It's like, <clears throat> to me, that is a choice and it's a choice that I got to make over and over and over and over and over and over again. Um, I am very much resonant with this particular type of woman. Those are the people that I usually work with. Why? Because I am one of those um, that I got that message, retired military mom. And my mom has been married five times. And my grandparents met when they were like 16, 17 and married 49 years before my grandfather passed away. And my sister and my brother-in-law have been together since they were in high school and they're in their forties now. So there she's, much older than me. So I saw very conflicting things growing up. Yeah. What I did see is strong woman. My sister's a nurse practitioner. She bosses at her job. She works with cancer patients. She's holding space. Like she's been a cancer nurse since she started nursing, you know, right out of college. And I was like a little kid. Um, and lots of strong women, even my grandmother, who was in that very kind of traditional type of relationship, she was still like the one that would yield like if you step out of line, right? like I remember as a little kid, she was the one chasing me while my grandfather was like, come sit in my lap and carve wooden things with me. You know, it was just, it was just mixed kind of messages. So now it's like, go to college, go. It was just all these conflicting things, get the job. And, and you know what, if you get in a marriage, it doesn't even matter. Cause if you don't want to be there, it's more acceptable for you to leave. Right. Like, yeah. it's a thing. Yeah. And so there's all of this like conflicting. So with that said, you know, let's say I achieved all the things I went to college and I got the job and I do all the things and I have the business and I'm making the money and I, all of that. Why now that I've achieved all this stuff, do I feel so uncomfortable in my life? Like, just like, like the, like the, the, the lid is on so tight, you know? And, um, that has definitely been over the last several years, a question that I've asked myself is how can I now knowing what I know and with all of the beautiful work that the women before me have done, how can I now essentially alchemize it uh, with the woman that I so deeply desire to be, which is like a person who's ha who has access to my feminine flow and my feminine softness and feminine. So um, again, this is a huge conversation that, that I absolutely love having. <laughs> I think that that's, I like having all these conversations, but for me, it has been a journey of what are ways that I can soften myself and choose to soften. So um, that can be that can be a lot of things. Whether it's the the clothes that you're choosing, or the hairstyle that you're choosing, or the smell that you're choosing, or what are the ways that I can I'll use the word toggle toggle into use a toggle into a feminine more of a surrendered state. So uh, the idea of a toggle is, um, so very recently, actually the thing that I did before this, which those of you can see, can see that I just have my nails done. I was, I was noticing your nails and your nail color. Yeah. So I, for most, like I've been getting my nails done, which I don't consider a self-love act. I'm the moment I get in there, I'm like ready to get out. It's like yeah. not a pleasant thing always. So it's, like, it's, on this, it. it's like upkeep. Yeah. So um, for the longest time, I painted my nails black. That was like one of my signature things. I did these really long, sharp, rigid nails. And um, it was an active choice to change the shape 
and change the color variations because I desire to soften. And so every time, and I did that, not because I'm not going to go back to black, but because during this time, I want to remind myself that my decision, like while I can do and show up in my business and boss and make the money and all the things, what I really desire in my life is to soften. And so I've put something that like I use in front of my hands all of the time. So every time I'm with Jordan, if I put my hands on his chest, it's a reminder, toggle, soften. It's a reminder, an affirmation. So um, another example of that would be, and for sex specifically, um, I actually just posted about this. Uh, so a sex blanket, a microfiber, very absorbent kind of sex blanket, one that's lush, it feels delicious, you know, it's really nice that when the sex blanket is laid out on the bed, it's like a note for my body and my mind and my everything to just immediately relax and get ready. Don't fight it. And the moment that it happens in my head where I've got like shit to do and I'm not really feeling it. And like, I haven't pooped properly today. And I just like <laughs> a little bit bloated and it's just, you know, things. Yeah. 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 Things. yeah. And like, but the blankets out and that is an active choice. I am taking control over that. Fuck this shit of like, I am just at the mercy of all these other emotions and like, no, what is best for me? When do I actually feel good? Cause so many people say, you know, I fight the sex and then we have the sex and then it's like so amazing and we feel so connected. And then we go three more weeks without having it. And I don't know why. And then we get a little, uh, and then we do it again. And then it's like the cycle. Yeah. So if every Thursday that blanket is on the bed, <laughs> I, don't, I don't give myself a choice. I calm myself down. It's a, a very active personal thing to say like that would be an example of a toggle. Now I had somebody last night cause I hosted a little something at a sex shop here in Austin. Um, and she's like, why would you buy, why would you like go out of your way to buy this sex blanket versus just use a towel? I was like, let me tell you about the towel. <laughs> the towel goes down. And I think first off it's like, where did Jordan get this towel and why? <laughs> yeah. maybe I used it last. And like, that's kind of cold and I don't really like that. Or yeah. it's a fresh one. I'm like, I think I dried my big dog with this last time yeah. I used it. Like, I'm like thinking of these weird and like, Oh, there's a little something crunchy on it. Like, right. Yeah. I don't know when, where did you get this towel and what I used it for last? And yeah. you know, it's just, it doesn't mean sex. It means right. bath. Yeah. <laughs> or or clean up a mess. Yeah. This is not a clean up a mess kind of thing. This is a a beautiful, intimate, connective, which could have liquids. You know, I mm-hmm. I very much want to give myself permission to be fully expressed. And if I think I'm going to mess up the perfectly made bed and comforter, I'm not going to make a mess. I on the inside, physiologically and mentally, will not allow it to happen. Yeah. Because I don't want to, I don't want to clean it. so like sex blanket is an example so toggle it's an it's an active thing I can't say that I know what it's like being a mom and navigating that space I have two dogs and that's about as far as I go one of them is a nine-month-old French bulldog puppy and she howls every time we go to have sex and Biggie wants to pee on the spot when we're done so (laughs) So there's that. It's pretty much like having kids, right? Yeah, my kids don't do that. They don't want to be like, ah, um, you guys done? Because I'm going to pee there. Um, no, my dog's way more like judgmental. He just looks at us like, I know what's happening. Yeah, I'm not happy. Yeah. 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 
That's so toggle. So toggle. It's like reminders. It's like ways to switch switch mindset. I like that. Yeah. 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 See, float like for me. Um, a lot of people use the term like balance masculine and feminine and be balanced. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, my New Orleans accent really came out as I said balance. <laughs> um, to me, it is more of a, a flow. Yeah. I think some people really resonate with that where it's like the ability to be able to surrender into one and then step into the other when it's necessary and mm-hmm. then continue going back and forth, almost like an infinity symbol at this pace. Um, but it, I'm just now starting to touch on that every now and then, but more often than not, it's an active decision. And I, I believe that with these active decisions, this is conscious incompetence. I am aware that I am doing this thing. And so I'm actively participating in having what I want play out. I'm working on, which will probably be a lot, a lifetime journey, a lifelong journey of unconscious competence where I'm just doing it without any conscious participation. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I see an ex- I see something, I feel an experience of vibe and energy and <sighs> allow feeling or holy shit, you're about to fall and break your face. Swoop in, save, hold, whoa, we're crying now. Hold the space. You know, that was as best as I could get as a little kid, you know, like momming or something or, you know, or, like a friend is just like falling apart and requires me as a, as a, as a fellow female, but a strong woman to like hold a space for her to share and express and all the things, you know, hold the line Mm -hmm. essentially. So to be able to like fully step into what I see in the moment it calls for and sex for a lot of people is one of those like high on the list of confusing. I'm not sure you know, if you want to lead and he wants to lead, then you're essentially whose dick is bigger yeah 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 then you'll wind up playing tummy sticks and i don't know if an orgasm happens or what what i like that tummy sticks that's gonna be a a hashtag later um no i'm kidding um i think it's also something that like a lot of people don't talk about and so it's it becomes this this hush hush, like I'm having these feelings, but I don't want to talk about it because it's not deemed appropriate by society. So I'm just going to keep it in and it gets worse and it gets worse. And, you know, and then like, what are your, I'd love to know your views on like affairs and cheating and um, your viewpoints on that. She was like, it just builds and builds. And I'd like to know your views. Yeah, on yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, I started thinking about it building. And then I was like, well, I don't want to say that's how cheating happens because I don't want to generalize, but I want to. Well, but you already said at the beginning, Lex, that like, um, you know, people think that they're, they get bored. They feel like they need something new or something like that. And so, yeah. My favorite person um, on the subject is Esther Perel. Love her. I don't so know if you're familiar with Esther um, Rethinking Infidelity yeah. and um, Mating in Captivity. So we have a lot of knowledge access. I mean, this cellular device, you know, I'd like to think that I spend more time on my on my phone or my computer with this internet access learning brilliant new things, but a lot of times I'm actually just wasting time on whatever new thing is in front of my face that's been gamified to keep me roped in. Uh, well, what I'm saying is we have access to a lot of information and a lot of new science and research. And so, um, 
for me, the biggest thing that, that developed in, in relationships and dealing with jealousy and infidelity affairs, cheating mm-hmm. part side of the relationship and everything was, um, essentially giving myself permission to go down the rabbit hole of wanting to know how we mate and why we stray to use kind of the, the subtitle of sex at dawn, um, which is a very heady anthropological biological book about why we mate and why we stray. Like, um, it is a lot of referencing us to <laughs> she has background noise. Goodness. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what is happening out there. Anyway, this is city living and from where we're going to be moving pretty soon, which I'm really excited to anytime I'm recording anything, I'm going to go into, I call it the Heidi hole, the quiet nice. Heidi hole. It's not available where we are now. We're like in the middle of the thick of it. So um, yeah, this permission to like learn what is the information that is about why we mate the way we mate and how relationships um, like there's, there's, a lot that's predictable. Mm-hmm. So as an example, like Jordan and I, like I, books just to finish on the resources, Sex at Dawn is a really amazing book. It's like a 22 hour audio book though. So if you're not a, a nerd on this stuff like me, it's kind of challenging to get through. Um, and But Untrue by Wednesday Martin is amazing on the subject. She touches on it. She It's a quick read or a quick listen. Um, she's hilarious. She has a podcast um, with a lady named Whitney Miller and they are just really dope. So those are some of my favorites. And of course, all the Esther Carell books. Jordan and I, when we first got together, amazing. That first part of the relationship, you know, the honeymoon phase, mm-hmm. or one-itis. You can see no one else. They're so attractive. They're so new and delicious. And oh my God, there's so many options that are available with how life can go with this person. Yeah. There's those feelings, right? And then uh, you move in or some kind of routine ensues, some kind of monotonous, like people, humans really deeply desire um, spontaneity and adventure, but also consistency and reliability. So you got to find your sweet spot. Yeah. You know, yeah. like one is really present. Some things are really present in the beginning and then they are less present later. So knowing that, you get to be involved with that not being the case if you don't want that to play out in your life. So like Jordan and I were together. I am was like this magical unicorn, I think, to him because he was very like on a spiritual path, on a personal development path, um, you know, and, and we talk about this. So I'm not going to share anything that we haven't discussed openly, but he is a beautiful man. Um, he has... He's a manifesting generator for those of you who follow human design. His aura is wide open. So people are very attracted to him. He is very attracted to people and getting someone naked is not hard for him. It's just not. So the requirement for him to build any skill beyond basics of what I go to and these are my moves and they work and I'm, I've had access to sex. So if you think on like a very scientific biological, this is what's at play. Great. Now, me, on the other hand, I had lots of experiences and they range. And so my, when and I was like, in getting in a relationship with me, understand that your spiritual development journey and your personal development journey 
there is a sexual development journey and all of these things converge and they journey together. We journey together. Mm -hmm. One doesn't happen without the other. If you want me in your life there, we, it's a thing. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so he was like, great, I'm in. He didn't really realize what that meant though. (laughs) Challenge all of his ideas and notions of what it means to be a man and to um, provide for a woman and access to pleasure and the I'm too much from my side and the I'm not good enough from his side and the convergence of that. And where, how do we navigate that conversation and move forward? I wanted all of this, these conversations to happen when we were still in the honeymoon phase. You know, I was like, great. What happens when you want to fuck somebody else? Let's talk about it. It's like, we've been dating for, you know, a month. What are you talking about? Like, no, no, no. We got to have a game plan because it's going to happen. And that's great. That's great. You're human. Awesome. Celebrate your humanness. No shame. What do you want to do? How do you want to handle it? I'm not going to now think that you are this magical creature and I'm just like not going to want to fuck other people. It's just not how my body works, not how yours works. Let's go ahead and just completely get that notion out. Hmm. Yes, you're gorgeous. I want to fuck your brains out right now. And (laughs) probably in about a year, I'm going to be drooling over one of your friends just every so often. Does that mean I'm going to go for it? No. Why? Because I am a human. Great. Elevated consciousness. And I get to choose what I understand are my moral rights and wrongs. But if we have this conversation and we destigmatize this, de-taboo it, de-whatever, and move through that crunchiness, mm-hmm. then when those things happen, I'm less likely to do things that are going to hurt me, hurt our relationship, hurt the other person because I'm present with it. I have awareness around it. I can communicate. doesn't mean that it doesn't hurt but the level that it hurts and the depth of the pain and the ability to recover is different. Mm. Right? Yeah. So what I would tell people in this area is to get knowledge. Um, and I say this, like you're going to hear me say that all the time is to give yourself permission to like be interested in that subject, mm-hmm. to understand humans. For me, it gave me a lot of um, forgiveness, permission for forgiveness. So when I started um, navigating uh, this world of polyamory and open relationships and having a monogamish relationship, which is the relationship style that Jordan and I practice now. Notice I don't say we are monogam- monogamish. I say we practice a monogamish relationship. That way we're not identifying with anything. And then I don't want to give our egos anything else to hold on to with for mm-hmm. dear life. So I'm just <laughs> we practice this for now. We might practice something different later. Right. Um, navigating that. I had a lot of aha moments reading sex at dawn and reading untrue where I went back in my, in my memory and went back into other relationships and gave myself, like I forgave myself and I forgave that other person because I could see what was actually at play now that I couldn't see then. And it just like let, it helped me let go of stuff and it Mm -hmm. helped me start navigating jealousy because that is not serving. That is an energy frequency that isn't, not serving me. Jordan is just like, it's miraculous. I think like our conversations about how we diffuse that so quickly. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. It's yeah. amazing. Whoo. I love this. This is great. 
I could sit here and listen to you talk all day. Yeah, I was going to say, like, I don't even know how much time has passed because it's gone by in a blink of an eye, but we're literally already at the end of an hour. And Alexa, we know you have a busy schedule. Um, Thank you so much for coming and sharing your energy and your wisdom and uh, just you, you know. I think um, everybody who's been watching on Facebook has been really into this, loving this. Uh, Ashley, you just said open conversation early on in dating. Praise hands. Amazing. Um, yes, all these things. I love the blanket tool. Everybody's loving it. So uh, if people want to connect with you and work with you, how can they do that? So first off, thank you for having this discussion. We navigated, I'm sure y'all are aware of this, some potentially really tense topics. Yeah. Yeah. Like sometimes I get on shows and the topic is we want to talk about sex specifically And so we might talk about some things that in some way, shape or form, you can read that in Cosmo. So it's kind of like, why, like, just go Google it. But what we, what we actually talked about on this show was the depth um, and the, the deeper aspects of what's at play in sex. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah. And y'all navigated that really beautifully. I think I'll go ahead and like pat myself a little bit on the back too, is that these are not conversations for people to have. Um, I mean, some it's easy and most it isn't. And so, you know, we only touched on like a handful of topics mm-hmm. and for anyone who hears this and for y'all, whoever, um, again, I'm going to use those words, permissions, invitation, all of those things to keep the conversation going, because this is how people wind up feeling less alone in their experience because every one of us was birthed from sex and every one of us is like sex is older than all of us. It is what made everything in this world. So in the creative energy and all of that. So it's like have a reverence for it and understand that every person is going through it as well. And so in order, like if you are as difficult as it might be to be the one that catalyzes a conversation in your community, do it because you'll all feel this giant sigh of relief challenge though is not to gossip and the challenge though is not to swirl in victimhood or go deep down and that this is so bad and not so bad but to take righteous responsibility like mm-hmm. right like like hold the line with the tension that comes up with I'm gonna I'm gonna own all of this mm-hmm. yeah. and from that place like have those conversations and connect that way we can heal. Like this is how we heal. And then this is how people have access to more sex, orgasmic potential. You know, I can go on a whole train of like conspiracy theories there. Like the government does not want us. No, I'm just kidding. So one of the liberated individuals because then we have access to higher consciousness and we don't need them. Anyway. Totally. People can find me on Instagram. Instagram? Yeah. People can find me on Instagram at that sex chick. Um, Great I have so much fun on Insta stories. So join, you'll get to see my really adorable dog that howls when we have sex. Um, you'll get <laughs> and, and our dog Biggie. Um, and some of the things that, that I'm up to here in Austin, um, some of the stuff that I have going on online I also have a really amazing community, um, on Facebook. I'm not sure if y'all are a part of it. It's called the kaleidoscope. Um, it was wow. featured not last year, the year before in the New York Times as a great place to get sex education for adults. Wow. And we are, um, we base only like our acceptance into the group. It's small, 4,000, which is relatively small, but it's very active 
and I play a very, very active role as the admin, the moderator um, to hold this space and create a container that is all genders across nation, across ethnicity, faith, all of the people are there. So it, it's, it's really powerful. And you only get, if you hear me talk about it, then of course I'll let you in. Um, or if someone that you know invited you is like the mm -hmm. only way. So we don't promo, we don't air it out. It's gotta be people who are really interested in doing something on, you know, being, being playing an active role in their journey that are really allowed to participate in the space. And then I also have a separate women's group for those that are like, they're at the place in their journey where they just need to be in a safe container with women. Yeah. Um, and then eventually they might graduate into being in the, all the gender space. So that's, that's awesome. something. Beautiful. That's amazing. Thank you. We're going to have to have you back on because I have so yeah. many other questions <laughs> now. I'm like, hold on. We didn't even talk about sex magic. Like, let's talk about that. Like, let's talk about all the things. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I think there are many other topics we could cover. Um, quick question, Alexa. So um, is how do people request to join Kaleidoscope or the women's group? Would they reach out to you directly on Instagram or how does that happen? You can go on the state, uh, the stage, the search bar on Facebook, um, the Kaleidoscope. When I named it, right, I had a blog at the time. It's actually still up, but I, I don't post on it. It's called the Violet Butterfly. That was when I was writing and I was writing under the like pseudonym, it wasn't, I wasn't really public with my name right at first. I just put the violet butterfly. Yeah. And so the kaleidoscope wound up being the group because the collection noun for, for butterfly is kaleidoscope. So I didn't oh, call wow. it, butterfly, I called it kaleidoscope. So now it means way more than just a bunch of butterflies. It, it means lots more than that. Multifaceted, multidimensional, multi, everything, dimensional beings coming together with this whole idea of, I think, sexual revolution and evolving consciousness through it. So if I want to add some <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yeah. I, that's like actually one of my favorite words, kaleidoscope. It's so beautiful. Um, so it's not the easiest to spell. What'd you say? It's not the easiest to spell. And I apologize no, for that. But you, you could do voice to text. Hey, hey it's people, good. people will figure it out. Uh, if they're meant to be there, they'll be there. Um, yeah. You could Google it too. It comes up first if you Google sex ed Facebook or sex positive group Facebook. I'm, it's one of, if not the first one that comes up. Perfect. That's pretty cool. Well, we will put all of this information in the show notes so people can easily find you and reach out to you. Um, and Alexa, yeah, we'll, we'll have to have you back on or something. Thank you so much for being here. This has been amazing. Uh, yeah, more comments. I'm looking forward to listening from the beginning. So much wisdom. Love, love, love. So um, thank you so much. And so well. Thank you so <laughs> Perfect. And until next time, everyone, keep on blooming. Bye. Bye, guys. If you've enjoyed this podcast, we would love, love, love it if you would give us a rating and review on Apple iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. If you'd like to get in touch for a reading with Ambi, an EFT session with Alexa, or just to say what up, we would love to hear from each and every one of you. And you can email us at innerbloompodcast at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram and Facebook at innerbloompodcast. Until next time, remember, open your heart to the seeds of love and light and bloom from within. 